All right, hey everybody, Billy Ranger back here with another uh, Zoom video interview. Today, uh, we're gonna go across the border into Quebec and talk to a multi-time champion. Um, obviously, we all know who this I'm talking about already, I'm sure. Uh, I've got Ev Brodeur. Ev, uh, thanks for talking with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this. All right, cool. Hey, let me mention uh, also, this seems appropriate. Today's uh, interview is brought to you by KTM Canada, somebody you're very familiar with, of course, so it uh, sort yeah. of makes sense. Um, well, first of all, let's ask the first question. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm currently at Brian Cormier's house. So I'm there with him and his parents for the week. Um, I guess I needed a break from my parents and um, I saw them last week and they were like, why don't you come with us for the week? And I was like, you know what, why not? So I decided to just pack my things and come here for the week and just uh, train with them as sort of a sort of boot camp situation <laughs> to get, you know, like back in the shape. So that's where I'm at. Okay, now that, I was going to do this later, but since you just said that, uh, I got a question from someone and they were asking the situation between you and Brian with a Y. Is there a, <laughs> is there a love interest there? What's going on? <laughs> Who asked that? But no. Uh, Definitely he, not. Somebody you may know that goes by the number 720, maybe number 41. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> No, um, no, definitely not. We are good friends. I'm mostly here for Melanie, but don't tell Brian. Ah, he Melanie might. Harvey, another uh, WMX racer out there. Who, yeah. Uh, we've all gotten to know over the years, for sure. Is she going to come on and yeah. say hello? I don't think so. I think she's a little camera shy and she's watching her bike. So who knows? But I, You know, I have a hard time believing that. <laughs> well, you know, it happens sometimes. She's not always, you know, like, like this so I guess yeah okay well let's um let's play a little uh this is your life Ev Brodeur so okay so sorry Jeremy uh I know you're trying to cause trouble but uh we got the answer to that but, uh, anyway, Jeremy, was nice. Jeremy he he's been annoying about that so it doesn't surprise me sounds a little bit like he well there's another story there of course with Jeremy so maybe he's just jealous yeah maybe he's just jealous you know it, well, I guess we'll never know. Well, no, there's no way we could ever know. Oh, we could ask you. No. I'm kidding. Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's, uh, like I say, we're going to play a little, uh, this is your life, Ev Brodeur. Uh, multi, how many uh, championships do you have? I have four Canadian national championship as well as three Walton championships. So I guess that would add up to seven national championships. Cool. Hey, when you're going over your career, you can add up everything you can just to get the highest number. So that's, that's the way yep. you You'll even add more. Well, when I remember. I remember that a few years ago or like last year we wanted to compare because I think the one with the most is Heidi Cook so we wanted to compare and um we realized that she counted Trent like Walton Nationals um as her championship so we started doing the same I guess to be to make it easier to compare okay hey I had this question for later on to ask but now since you mentioned Heidi Cook <laughs> you in your prime versus Heidi Cook in her prime who wins that race I don't know. Honestly, I, I was kind of really young when she was in her prime, so I don't remember like a lot of it. I, I remember looking up to her and everything, but I don't remember a lot of it. So I guess it's different to compare. But um, from what we've counted, she still has more championship than me, so I still have a little bit to go. But yeah, I think um, yeah, I think it's definitely like a, a path to look forward to for the little girls you know Heidi did it and now it's me and I hope someone can well I know someone will take my place one day and do the same that we both did all right and then you have to go open up a bakery 
<laughs> yeah, I know I, I'm not a very good cook, neither am I a very good baker, so I think we'll just skip that part. <laughs> okay, well, I got other questions, that. obviously, to ask you about uh, future stuff and everything, but to, let's yeah. let's take it way back, back to the beginning. Um, where where did you grow up? Um, so, funny story, my par parents bought this house 26 years ago, the house that I live in, and while well, I'm 20, so you make the math, I was born there, raised there in Laval, Quebec, so I've lived the same address all my life, we've never moved, we've never been anywhere else, so that's where I grew up, so mostly riding X-Town and that sort of place, um, X-Town and SRA is where I, I was mostly at, but yeah, I've been in the same place in Laval my whole life. Okay, well, you can, you can make fun of living in the same place, but then when you think about it, you're a motocross racer, so you've been everywhere anyway, you're never there, yeah. so it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter where I just home always, is. Yeah. I just always come back to the same place, I guess, but. Okay, well, let's, um, let's ask the usual couple questions, or how did you get started in motocross in the first place? So, um, well, basically, my dad used to be a race car driver, and then, like, um, a few years into it, he switched to dirt bikes, and um, he was 26, I think, when he started racing dirt bikes, and from, now, from then on, he never stopped, so I was born with a PW waiting for me in the garage, and uh, my mom was pregnant and sleeping in a tent at the races, and I was just a few weeks old, or a few days old even, and we'd go and sleep in the little RV tent, and like, you know, I, so I just grew up at the track. Um, I started riding myself as four, and then I started racing when I was five, and I have never stopped since then. Wow, uh, it's funny. It's a, again, a very, very common story everybody has, but um, yeah. Now, how about, I think I know the answer to this because I've seen you with your uh, early, early numbers. How did you pick your first race number? Um, so I just copied my dad, basically. So my dad had the number 41, and he actually had a pretty, pretty funny story about it. So he had number 26. And then one day he decided he was, because he kept making his numbers in, like, um, tape, and he realized that 26 was too hard to make in tape because it's, like, all curves, right? So he was like, what is the straightest number I can find? So he found 41. And um, that number just stuck around, I guess. So I picked up 41. And that's the number I had until I was until I started racing nationals. And when I started doing like guys stuff and at the national, you have to have a number over 141. And I guess now like, for me, 141 is my number and then 41 is like my dad's number. So, yeah. Okay. All right. How, how far up, uh, how, how good did your dad get? We're talking about Silvan Brother here. I was faster than him at 12. So he That's what I was going to ask you. What age did you yeah. pass? 12? Yeah. Faster than him. 12 or 13, but that's when he stopped racing. Like when I started getting faster, he stopped racing. So around that time. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Do you, do you, um, you said you've been riding since you're like four, you know, four years. What was your first race? Do you remember your first race? No, I don't. <laughs> oh my no. God, I have no idea. I remember a story that my parents used to tell me that they brought me on this like little road, like gravel road a few years, like when I was like really young, when I started riding. And there was like a big like hot, like boulevard at the end of it, I guess. And my dad was like, oh, give gas, give gas. And I gave gas and never stopped and they had to like run after me because I was going right on the boulevard and stuff. So they got really worried. And they thought I was going to die, but you know what? We're okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, oh, 
Sorry, just having, <laughs> a, you know, having some salad here. Um, when you, um, not that you're, not that you're old, you say you're 20 years old, so obviously you're clearly not old, but when you were young and racing and stuff like that, were you always racing the, the ladies class or did you come up racing the boys classes and then switch over or do both? How'd that go? Um, well, you know, in Quebec, until you're like, in, on, a, on an 85, there's not a girls class that you can race. And even in 85, you have to race the woman class. We don't really, we don't have like a girls class. Well, I think we do now, but we didn't have one when I was growing up. So um, the only class I had to race was the guys class. So um, I rode the PWs with the guys, 65s with the guys, 85s. And then when I got into the women's class, my dad and I both decided that, you know, I might as well keep racing with the guys because it made me more aggressive and it made me, you know, faster. It made, like, I, I was pushed more and stuff. So I decided to just keep racing with the guys. And to this day, I still do. I race in the B class, intermediate. So, and I really like it. I mean, it's different, especially at the age where the testosterone is really high. So when you're a girl and that group of guys, sometimes they it's part of the game and I'm used to it and it's been this way my whole life and I kind of like it, you know, it gives me an extra challenge and stuff. So it's fun. And, um, I don't think I'll stop racing the guys class. I've even raced a few, um, national and the pro-am class, 250 pro-am class. I qualified a few times and that was something else for sure. I think I qualified like three or four times over the years, but, um, I'll say I'm way more like, um, shy as a writer, not shy. So when I was like 13, 14, my dad would be like, oh, jump this jump. And I'd be like, okay, and just, you know, jump it and not even ask a question. And now like my dad will say like, oh, do this jump. And I'll be like, oh, no, no, do big. But it's like literally the same jump. Like the finish line at River Glade, I jumped it for years when I was qualifying for the nationals and stuff. And this year I tried to qualify. And my dad was like, you need to jump the finish line to do it. And I was like, oh, it's not happening. It's too big. But I did it like two years ago. So it's not helping my case. But it's, it's okay. You know, that's funny. That's one thing. Obviously, I don't race anymore or stuff like that. But one thing I don't miss is that pressure to do a jump. The whole damn lap, you're coming yeah. in and like, oh, man, here comes the finish line. Here comes the finish yeah. line. So much stress. And I guess especially as I got older, I realized, you know, like everything around it. And I think that's a big difference between the girls and the guys. The guys will just like do a jump and I'll be like, well, if I do this jump and then this goes bad and then, you know, like I got to go to school on Monday, I got to go to work on Monday, you know, I don't want to get hurt and stuff. Is it really worth it? Is it worth the guys will just like do it. They'll just go and jump and I'll be like, oh, it's really a good idea. And like, I guess that's a big difference between the two. Well, not all guys, as I just clearly said. I would. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah. What about this? Do we always kind of uh, like when Jensen Amiot does our um, out of the blue women's columns each week and stuff like? We always kind of ask like if you were a girly girl or a tomboy. I don't want to say that's a sexist question. I don't know if maybe that should be in there, shouldn't be in there. But I always think it's interesting. Like as a as a girl, do you think um, I always ask guys questions to see like can you throw a ball? Like if you have a, like, you know what I mean? Like does it help to have maybe more testosterone? Am I even? You know what I'm getting at? You know what I mean? Like are you? A little more of an aggressive kind of person can you throw a ball like does that help in motocross do you think yeah well i i guess i was always like um, becoming like a, an adult and a woman i'm trying to like embrace my girly side like 
even more, but she doesn't come out often, you know, like, it's like one, mm -hmm. once in a blue moon, like, she comes out, and she's really girly, but it doesn't happen often, but definitely, like, I sometimes, like, I'll do stuff with my friends, and they'll be, like, scared and trying, like, oh, no problem, you know, like, you want to go ride scooters, you want to go ride, you know, like, I'll go, like, I don't care, but, it, like, even then, like, I'm not, like, the most, I'm very, like, self-conscious about like not getting hurt and stuff so like I'll go to like the pit bike track and I'll see everybody doing stupid stuff and I'm like why it's so dangerous like don't do it like you know like I'll jump like in the air like super big but then like I do stuff like I can't climb on the ladder because I'm scared of heights so it's like it's really mixed but I guess I would yeah oh is that my internet or your internet Did I lose ya? Oh, hello? Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is your internet strong? I'm not sure if that was yours or, oh, my internet is weak. Oh, great. <laughs> That's my end. Sorry, I'm not at home. I'm up in Kirkland Lake here. It's not uh, not my home base, so hopefully we're okay to record this. But that, um, Okay, well, um, who's like rivals? And so I also want to say, too, that like, you're in a kind of a rare situation where you're so fast and compared to a lot of the competition that you can actually think about things and maybe not do a double jump here or a triple there. Whereas the guys at their yeah. top level, it's like, you don't do that. You're going to get crushed. Like you're in a lucky position where you can actually think about stuff and go, eh, maybe not and still win. So that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like that finish line at Riverglade is the biggest example. Every year I get there and I'm like, I am going to jump it this year. And then I, like, I walk the track and I talk to my dad and my friends and I'm like, this year I'm going to jump it. And then I get in practice and then I get like scared and I don't do it. And then I come out and my times prove that I don't need to do it. Like, especially, but like, so I'm like, okay, then like, is it worth it? You know, I'm asked, like, I asked myself that question, is it worth it? Like the finish line of Gopher Dunes is the same, is the same thing. Like I'll look at the times and you know, if I need to make difference, I'll, I'll do it. Like I'll jump it and I'll go, but like, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, I just, I, I get the opportunity to like ask myself that question and I'm really lucky about it because I know the guys don't. And then um, that's why it was so hard to like try to qualify th this year because like, you know, that was the difference that needed to be made and I couldn't do it, so. <laughs> right, a, t a tenth of a second here or there puts you from yeah. qualifying to not qualifying in, in, the, in the pro at that level, right? So. Yeah. Okay, now we obviously, we know you're, um, Obviously, you like school. You're a studious person. Yeah. That's an awesome, nice balance in that. What kind of, a, like a student were you? Were you a science kid? I mean, knowing what uh, you like in post-high post, post uh, high school stuff, you seem like you're... Uh, yeah, what's, uh, I, what was you're always a, I was always a science-slash-math kind of kid. You know, I was really good, like, in French and in history, but I hated it so much, especially history. Like, I, already, I always had really good grades, but I could not like it at all. And then I also really like biology, chemistry. So I guess all the like really hard like science classes, those are the class, classes that I really enjoyed. Even like in college, it's like those were my favorite classes out of all of them, especially biology and science. They're like the big ones that I really enjoyed. Okay, now what about um, other sports and things like that? Did you do anything else other than moto? What did you do? Um, so, <laughs> well, 
I tried a little bit of everything when I was young. I did gymnastics, karate, and all that, all that sort of stuff. I did dance, and you know, nothing really stuck around. And then the first sport that kind of stuck around is going to be funny, but it's kinball. You know, the big balls, big black ball. You know that you run around uh, after and. Yeah, I think that might be a Quebec thing. I'm not. Someone else. Yeah, mentioned I think it before. I, Maybe you mentioned it in, in an interview before, and I'm not sure I know what it is. Yeah, it's definitely a Quebec thing. It's something like we played at my like high, like my school growing up. It was like they'd come during lunch and we'd play kinball. But I played that for almost seven years while still racing their bikes. So that was like a big sport. And then when I got into high school, I started playing volleyball. So that was the thing that I did for many years too. It cost me a shoulder, but I liked it. But I stopped after. So now I don't really do like any sport like as much as I do motocross, but you know, like when I train, I'll cycle, I'll swim, I'll play tennis, all that sort of stuff. So I kind of mix it up with other sports to like keep me ready for my, for my sport. Okay. Now I know, uh, again, when I used to more, more in the, a few years back, I would be at all the uh, amateur nationals in the States and stuff. And, and you would be at an awful lot of them too. What uh, do you, yeah. looking back, what were some of your, uh, what was your, favorite track your best race kind of thing in some of those big amateur nationals um I think my favorite track and the one I have the best memory at is Palo Raceway in California um the second year I went there I got a podium and it was my first WMX podium Hmm? Fox Raceway yeah yeah and uh it was my first podium in WMX and I was so happy and it was also those two years traveling the United States doing all the amateur nationals. It was so fun. I was just talking to my dad about it the other day. And, you know, it was so, it was so fun. We traveled with Marissa Marquelon, Amanda Brown, and all those girls, you know, in the motorhome. And we did the whole United States. And it was like, those are my favorite memories. But I think, uh, yeah, that Paula Raceway race where I got my first podium. My friend Amanda was crying for me. She was so happy. And it was really fun. So, yeah. So has another, there's not as much crying in, in the guys in the guys racing. No, definitely, definitely not. No, there's <laughs> not as much drama either. You know, it's like black or white. With the girls, there's always a gray area where you have to like be careful. All right. Well, we're gonna get to some of that drama in a minute when we talk yeah. about last season because there was a bit of drama. But uh, um, now what about, like, the uh, the American? I mean, obviously you were trying to go with the biggest competition. You chased after that America, the AMA, WMX titles, and stuff like that. But the this the uh, series now down there it's uh, it's not what it used to be. What's uh, do you know anything? And is it something that's coming back? Or um, there's actually not a series anymore. So for two years now, um, the only thing they have is they have a, a like a race at Loretta's, a class, a WMX class at Loretta's that you have to qualify for, I believe. But that's the only thing they have. They don't have any like national anymore that will have a series. So I guess that's really disappointing. But like I said, it was always sort of a circle. So, you know, there wasn't enough girls. So like sponsors and people didn't want to invest in it. But then since there were any sponsors, purse and, or anything or like coverage, then no girls would come. So it was like a, so it was bound to like get driven to the ground at some point. And it happened two years ago, I think. So it's really sad, but you know, there's some people like in Europe, the series is super good in WMX. So I, I think at some point we can learn from them and from Canada, because we obviously do really well. And then maybe like trying to start up something again in the States. Right. And I think it, you were saying too, that the numbers were a bit down then they tried to get a real serious circuit again. 
And then that travel yeah. schedule they put you guys on. I mean, I remember that yeah. year when you guys were traveling around, your dad was trying to work from the road and yeah. man, it was not easy. They uh, didn't really do you any favors. No, definitely no. You know, we like in a few months, we like a few weeks even, we'd have to like travel from home to Florida, to Texas, to California, to um, I forget where the, not, you know, the one that's really high in elevation. I forgot the name. What? Oh my God. Where were you in Colorado? Lakewood? No. Yeah, Colorado. Yeah. So we'd go from like, you know, all around and come back to Colorado, Pennsylvania, and then come back home and all in a few weeks. So it was a lot of traveling, a lot of money. And, you know, like, especially because the purse money wasn't really all that high. It didn't even cover for the cost that it costed us to travel. So I guess it wasn't worth it, you know, because you had to be seven. So how can you afford all that stuff? Right. Yeah. No, I remember that season when you guys are doing that. It's like, wow. I mean, kudos, but it was, man, that was a tough schedule. Luckily, Sylvan was yeah. able to work from the road and you could do yeah. it. Yeah, it was fun. It was the best two years racing, but, you know, like I had to choose at some point, you know, what was worth to me, what, what I preferred. And, you know, it was a, it was really draining to do that sort of stuff and be on the road always. So we decided to put our focus on the West Coast instead of racing in the States now. So that's where we're at. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. But hey, did you get new tattoos? You have more tattoos going or what's going on there? Oh, yeah. I got a few more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your mom has tattoos. Yeah, my mom has tattoos. So she can't say no when I say I want one. Well, I'm 20. So she can't say no anyways. But, you know, she can't judge. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's I, usually, I usually get them done in the winter. So they're not like in the sand and stuff. So I appear with new tattoos every summer okay <laughs> gotcha gotcha okay now, guilty pleasure well let's talk about your first um canadian championship which one was it and is do they get uh less exciting or are they just as exciting or what was the first one uh, um the first one was in 2014 and i think the most exciting part about it was that i had only been racing nationals for two years um and i was 14 years old so i was like i was i think i was like um as young as Shelby, but we're the two youngest to ever win a national title. So that was really exciting. You know, I was like, I guess, how can I explain? I wasn't, I guess I was in the, like, throughout my championships, I've, each of them has meant something special to me. And he just, each of them has been special in a way. But I guess I was too young to realize like how much it meant and how big it was of a thing when I was 14. So I appreciated it. I was happy about it, but it like, it didn't mean as much to me as winning a championship now is because I realized how much effort you got, I got to put into it, especially because like, as I get older, then it's harder to stay in shape. I've got more things to focus on. I've got to work and go to school and everything. So I see all the work that goes into it. So it's like when I do win a championship, I'm like, oh, my God, I finally did it. You know, like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's bigger in sense, I guess. Right. Now, that's like, it's like if you talk with uh, Colton Fasciati, who just retired, he said that was the biggest thing. He just got so tired of the training and, the, and what it took to yeah. get older and be at that level. And it was just like he was just over it. I mean, it's. It's tough to keep that grind, and that, uh, and as you get people nipping at your heels when you're on top, you got other people chasing you down, and you've got it working. Yeah, yeah, especially there's no other ways to go but down when you're at the top. So it's really like it's always stress stressful. Always come in the season, I'm like, okay, so who's gonna show up this year? Who's gonna be there? How fast are they gonna be? You know, I always, I always 
always try to be the best and be the, the fastest I can be. But sometimes, like, you know, it's hard. And especially, I guess, I'd say that this year is the most difficult to get ready for the season because we don't know exactly what's going to happen or how it's going to turn out. So it kind of feels like we're, you know, working towards, like, a invisible goal that we don't, you know, we're not really sure. So I, I guess that's really difficult. But, yeah, like, when I was younger, I was in school and I, like, I was in sports programs, so I'd do sports all week, you know, like in a fun way. So I was already in shape. I didn't have to, like, work on top of it and work out. And now, like, to just, like, be ready for the week and I have to grind during the week and then I get there and I'm tired and I'm like, oh, my God, like, so much work. So, yeah. Right. Well, I want to talk about uh, kind of last season and stuff, too, in a second here. But when you were growing up, who was your, uh, who was your motocross hero? Um, I think, like I said, I looked up to Heidi a lot. Um, I looked up to Sarah. Um, oh my God, I forget her name. That has been a while. But I was when I was really young. This um, this writer from Quebec. And then I, yeah, I guess I I looked at Jolene Van. I'm gonna screw up her name. Mm -hmm. Van Bog. Mm -hmm. Also, yeah, also when I was growing up a lot. Um, so yeah, they're all girls I looked up to, but um. You know, I guess since I, I went up, like, so young, um, I've never really, like, put myself at looking towards, like, a model because, you know, I was, like, I was where I wanted to be and where I dream of being. So, like, I, you know, like, I didn't have a lot of people that I would look up to. You know, I would mostly focus on getting myself there instead. All right. Yeah, I got some funny old photos. You mentioned that when you're 14 and stuff. I got some pretty funny old photos, but... I didn't do my homework well enough. I should have been able to hold my phone up and kind of show the photos. <laughs> yeah, it's always yeah. good ones you and your dad from back in the day. And say, hey, what, do you have a, um, no offense to Sylvain, but his style isn't the greatest. Do you have a, a style, like a riding coach that's not your dad? No, that's just my dad. <laughs> yeah, just my dad. Do as he does, not as he does? What? Does he say, do as I say, not as I do? Yeah, exactly, because he was a sketchy rider. He would crash often, break bones. So thankfully, I'm not the same way as he is. But yeah, um, no, it's always my dad. Um, when I used to train at like Club 57 and those places, I'd have like another riding coach. But since we mostly do our own thing now, it's just always my dad. So it's like, it's like living with my coach 24-7. So, you know, what I eat, when I train, everything is looked at. So there's not a lot of room for like errors and stuff and mishaps, but it's okay. It's, it's part of why I'm here today and you know, where, I, why I'm a champion and stuff. It's because my dad was my writing coach and he'd be on my ass all the time. So gotta be thankful for that. That's funny. I know I'm going to, after, after this goes public, I know I'm going to get a text from him. That's for sure. When he listens to it, but uh, all in good fun. Yeah. All in good fun. But now, what about um, your love for uh, his love for beer? Did you uh, did you pick up his love for beer yet? No, I hate beer. I hate wine. So my mom loves wine. My dad loves beer, and I hate both. But I'll have a girly drink everyone and every once and then. That's that's kind of my thing, I guess. Maybe I'm just not mature enough for wine and beer yet. But I guess we'll see. But it's not something I'm really focused on. <laughs> bring into my life yet and I'm not there <laughs> no there's, there's lots of time the problem is when you're young and and of drinking age you start feeling like you're missing out on things but you're really not you've got a long life yeah. ahead of you, so it's yeah yeah you're not yeah you're not missing anything put it that I way I see you my parents getting drunk with their friends and they're almost 50 so my dad is 50 actually so I see that I have a lot of time to do <laughs> stupid stuff when I'm drunk <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you've got time. You've got time. Now, what about yeah. um, what about this? I mean, there are girls like uh, Jordan Jarvis. You've got uh, Taylor Allred, Hannah Hodges. These girls that are trying to get their pro license to race some Supercross down south. Is there any chance you would look south, or are you going to do another season here and maybe head off to school still? Um, honestly, I think my, my time down south is done and over with. Um, the level I'd have to train at to do what these girls are doing is not something I am, I'm looking to. You know, like, I want to, I'm at the point in my life where I want to start making a career for myself and go to school and stuff. So I'll keep racing, you know, like, I don't go to school in the summer, I'll keep racing, but I don't, I won't have, like, time and dedication needed to do that sort of stuff. So we'll just keep it on the side of the border and keep racing nationals, go to the West Coast as much as we can and stuff. And I'll just, um, I'll start being an adult at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't be an adult too soon. There's lots of time for that too. No. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about last year. I mean, you went out, uh, like you said, you skipped the American thing to go out West and do that. Like, talk about that Western thing. You kind of put yourself in there. Now you can actually race for both titles, I guess. But back then, yeah. well, not this year, but last year you went out there just kind of for fun, right? Yeah, yeah, so we decided to go and just, you know, just try it out. And it kind of worked out well that it wasn't for points because we weren't looking to do it, do it for points for the first year because I've heard from every, every single person that came back from the West West the first time that, you know, the first year is always a trial year because tracks are different, the riders are different, so you've got to get, like, adjusted to everything. So it worked out well for us that I wasn't racing for points because I just wanted to go there and get the experience. And then, so I really liked it, but like I said, the tracks are so different. Like, I remember showing up to Calgary and being like, oh, what the hell is this? Like, I was not ready for this. You know, the first time, I'd, the last time I'd ridden hard pack was at River Glade the year before, and even then, it's not the same type of dirt or same type of hard, tra uh, hard pack. So, like, I wasn't nearly ready for those type of tracks, so it was a lot of adjusting and stuff and we only did the first three rounds but I think it would have been in the points for the championship if the point had counted so that would have been fun but it was fun to race new girls too you know change it up a bit with Shelby and Avery and it was really different so I like I enjoyed it for sure more battles that I don't usually get so I, I really liked it yeah that was fun going into the into the west round to see like you just said, the three girls you mentioned, you, Shelby Turner, and Avery Berry, who uh, Avery races the, uh, like you mentioned, the MXGP yeah. Women's Series and stuff like that. I mean, that's uh, that's got to be something that's pretty cool. Do you, did you get to know her and talk about that kind of stuff? Or you and Shelby must be friends? Uh, well, I th I was kind of friends with both, you know. Like, I, I talked to Shelby a bunch, especially because I was thinking of doing the ISDE at the, end of, at the beginning of the year last year. So I talked with Shelby a bunch, and I also talked with Avery a bunch because she was from the States, and I used to race there and stuff. But I didn't um I didn't talk to them after the West Coast. I talked to Shelby a bit, but you know it's like we didn't um we didn't talk furthermore. But yeah, I I consider my like kind of friends with both of them, and we're on good terms to have fun racing together and everything. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Now now let's get to um the East from <laughs> last year. Uh, you and Isabel Tebow banging bars. I mean, she was out there on the 252 stroke, which I think sounds like if we'd been racing normally here, she's going to switch to the four stroke now, but man, that was that, was that your toughest, uh, your toughest season, like mentally and, uh, and on the track? Oh, definitely mentally and physically. Um, you know, it was really rough with Isabel and it's not that I'm not used to being rough, but you know, I believe in being rough in a safe way. And I didn't believe that that was what was happening on the track. 
So, you know, it was like every time I'd get on the track, I was like kind of scared. It made me like, it took the fun out of it, to be honest. You know, I, I raced for championships, but I still raced for fun. And I was really struggling to find the fun part of it in the last championship. So I guess that was like a big part. You know, like I don't mind being bars and stuff, but like when it, when it becomes like dangerous, like we this sport is already dangerous enough as it is. So like, I don't believe in adding to it just for the fun of it. Now, have you uh, have you had the nerve to watch that Sandalee start uh, in slow motion or over again, man? Because any a tiny bit different, and that could have been that could have been bad. That, that was a scary yeah. one. Well, I've watched it a bunch of times, and I've, I've even made a TikTok about it. <laughs> Honestly, like, for me, I just, I have a different version of it in my head from when it, when it happened. You know, I didn't feel the bike going on my neck and stuff. So, like, I have a very different version of it than the video. So, for me to watch the video, it's just, like, it's kind of funny. Like, how did that, like, how does that even happen? And I just got up and finished a race, you know? Because, like, I wasn't, and I guess the fact that I wasn't hurt or anything, and the bike wasn't broken, and I got up and finished, I guess that takes a lot of, like, seriousness out of it. But I know my mom still can't watch it to this day. I think she watched, she's watched it once, and she'll never watch it again. Yeah, yeah, that was a scary one. It's, and it's one of those things, too, like, I mean, a crash, you know, people say, oh, that person's so strong. It's like, well, you, you just got so damn lucky. And then it's kind of like that Chad Reed thing where he gets ejected from yeah. the and they said, oh, he's such an animal for being able to like, no, he got lucky. He landed on the downside. You, yeah. Luck plays such a big part. And you got lucky there. Yeah. How close did you guys get in the, in the points at the end? One point. One point was all that I was missing. You know, it could have been so many things. And it just, it kind of, the, the thing that pissed me the most was not that I wasn't able to win. Because I proved that I could win. I, I won five races out of the eight races. And the three races that I you know because the first one was a gopher and Isabel took me out um no I think no Flagger took me out and, and Isabel made me crash and then it's just like a bunch of things he pushed me off the track so that was one but that was that was a rider that took to like literally fell on me so I fell so but you know I guess it could have been my fault too because you don't get close to lappers and everything but anyways and then the two rounds at Sandley just killed me I did four and eight for like fifth overall I think so it was my first time not being on the podium in I don't know years so yeah that was that was the big part yeah I mean that's but I've always uh and Jeff McConkie too uh we always got a kick out of Isabel Thibault's uh, attitude like just uh even yeah. afterwards unfortunately I, I can't give her a call to do one of these because her English isn't great and my French isn't yeah. great I don't like to talk about somebody not give them a chance to obviously talk about it. But uh, I know that uh, I spoke with them and her dad at the track and stuff. And they're like, hey, man, this is racing. And so anyway, I don't want to say too much about it. And I just obviously you can from your side. But uh, I'm yeah. really looking forward to like, did you ever think when you're out there, like, you know what, if I get the chance, I'm gonna have to clean this girl out. Does that go through your mind too? Um, honestly, it went through my mind, but that's just not the kind of rider I am. Like, even if I really wanted to, like, I'll be honest with you, when it came to Deschambeau and I knew it was going to be down to one point, everybody told me, like, give it back. Like, she gave it to you so many times, just pay back. And, like, it's not, like, I don't want to get down to this level because I don't believe in that stuff. So, you know, like, I'm not going to start doing it myself because then, like, what kind of and a point of my making you know like I've always wanted to keep doing it even if I lost a championship one time you better believe I'm gonna come back so much better prepared and faster this year and I'm not gonna let it happen twice 
All right, so this year, heading into it, I mean, um, I'm assuming I haven't spoken to her or heard from really many people about, because uh, obviously with this whole COVID thing going on right now that we don't know, but uh, heading into this one here, is it, uh, I mean, you have to be in better shape than ever. Is that what your kind of mindset is going into this season, if and when it happens? Um, I think, honestly, I think the biggest part of it is just to not get it in my head. Like, it's not, I don't, I don't think it was the shape or, you know, the writing that, cost me my championship I think it was in my head because I know I did the same thing the year Kennedy came to um, Canada like I got so nervous about her being fast and everything that I was like oh my god oh my god and I just kept making mistakes on mistakes on mistakes on mistakes and it cost me the championship and that's exactly what I did this year you know I was so nervous about Isabel and how she was writing that I was like oh my god I'm gonna make it like you know like I got so nervous and I kept making mistakes and mistakes so I think I just have to come and doing so and just go with that okay what I'm going to do here is I'm going to walk us closer to the uh, Wi-Fi router here I'm not sure what this is going to look like but I'm getting right next to the router because I don't like the way this keeps cutting out on us oh, let's get the light facing me here somehow okay there we go sorry I had to do something there I was cutting out a bit all right um okay where are my notes so what what is what is everything like where you are with the uh, whole coronavirus thing what are you what are you able to do these days Oh, I'm going crazy. That's what I'm doing. That's why I came here because I needed to change the scenery. Working three jobs before I, I was working more than full time before the COVID started. And then I lost like two of the jobs closed down because there was a gym and there was a car auction place. They both closed. I, I was cabling, um, you know, for Wi-Fi and uh, phones in hospitals. So I worked in hospitals for a bit and that was, that was scary with the COVID going around. Um, we went one time, we had to wear like the whole like white suits with the mask and the goggles and the gloves and everything. It was really crazy. Uh, but then they closed down too eventually because of the COVID. So honestly, I've just been staying at home both of my parents are working from home so they have way too much time for me and uh <laughs> otherwise i'm just um i'm just trying to work out as much as i can i cycle every day i work out every day i try to go around you know i don't know i've started but i started writing last week um i've started training with the smx guys at sunai so that was really fun to finally get moving and stuff um it's not open to the to the public yet but it's open to the team and I'm part of the team this year so thankfully I was able to start writing a bit get moving because I, I only wrote like three or four days over Christmas so before that it had been a while so I needed to kind of start writing a bit to be ready for when the season does start again. Okay now I mean you're only 20 but it seems like you've been around for so long just because well because you have because you started so young. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need to take some time off do you find just to keep uh, motivated? Oh, yeah, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you when it comes to, like, September and stuff and, like, the Supercross, I'm over it. Like, I am ready for a break. I, like, I enjoy my time off in the winter, and it's not that I don't like racing, but I just do so much of it. I, like, you know, I ride many times a week. I race every weekend. Um, when it comes to, like, the end of the season, I'm like, this is enough like I need to do something else or I'm gonna go crazy and like even now like at this beginning of the season I'm like I'm do I'm I'm riding but I'm not overriding because I know that otherwise I'm gonna get like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna get sick of it before the end of the season 
Yeah, I think I think what happens too as you get older, the part like again, like I say, I don't race anymore. I miss the racing part. You don't miss the training and after school, boom, yeah. boom putting all the time and time and time. But the racing, the gate drops is what I, what I think you miss when you get older and you stop racing. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's like it's everything that comes with it. It's the traveling, it's the training, it's the money, it's everything. You know, like the more you grow up, the more you realize it. You know, before I could like sleep my whole way to Florida and I'd never even notice but now I'm like oh my god 24 hours like that's so long so it's just like it's everything that comes with it that's tiring because now I, I have to drive to help so I love it and I'll keep doing it but I need my break and it's like essential and my dad understands that now like when I tell him like I'm I'm done like I'm uh, like when he asked me at the end of the season like oh do you want to go ride and I say no he knows like not to ask again because it's like no I'm, I'm it's enough <laughs> yeah no I, I get it for sure again and like I use Chad Reed as an example all the time like how he can be as his age and hit that level consistently it's just uh, it's impressive when you you don't yeah. realize when you're young but you get older like man how is he still doing this but uh yeah, yeah. Cool, as you can understand okay now what's about um Let's talk about, I mentioned something about med school, because I know that's where you're headed, but now you're telling me you're not going to med school. What's the deal? Okay, so I'll start off by explaining that what I did in college, so in Quebec, we have CJEB before university, so it's like a, it's kind of college, we call it college, but it's like not the same thing as university, and you have to do it before you go to university, and um, so in college, I did what qualifies in Quebec as a pre-med program but it's, it's like you can do anything with that program you don't have to go to med school but if you want to go to med school you have to go through that program so that's what I did and my plan was to go to med school but I realized quick enough quick enough that in Quebec nobody gets into med school like it's crazy like out of, out of all my class last year my whole graduating class only one girl got into med school out of like 250 people so like nobody gets into med school and I get really good grades I get like 90s in every class but like I, I am a bit off of the last like of the necessary grade to get into med school so um I guess that people that do get into med school to Quebec are people that are just focused on their studies and stuff mostly and um obviously that's not what I did because I was focused on it but I was doing everything at the same time so I if, you know, it wasn't good enough for how competitive med school is. And, you know, the more I looked into it, I realized that, you know, maybe that's not the life I wanted. You know, I want to have kids and I want to have time to keep racing and doing all that stuff. And med school, it just takes it to another level. And I don't want to get out of school at like 30 years old, which is what would have happened with med school. So, you know, it's a preference. I don't have anything against it. But I realized that maybe that was in the path for me. So um, I actually just kind of received the decision this morning, but I got into accepted into an occupational therapy program. So it's really, it's really similar to physical therapy, but it's kind of different in a way um, that it's more like freely and it focuses more on helping people regain their like independence to where, like with their injuries and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm starting university in September. And then I'm going to be there for four and, a half, four and a half years and get out with my master's. And then, yeah. I knew when you said you weren't going to med school, you were going to say you were either doing occupational or physical therapy. I knew that was what you were going to say. So that's, that's cool. You're yeah. still <laughs> I'm not too far off. I'm still going to be working in hospitals probably and stuff. You know, I'm still in the health department, but I just like, um, 
you know, I just preferred the lifestyle of like occupational therapy than, you know, med school. And I looked into physical therapy too. I really like, I was really indecisive between both. But um, the way it works is like in Quebec, physical therapy um, in Montreal is high, like the grades are higher than occupational therapy. So if I would have wanted to do physiotherapy, I would have to go to home so I would have had to move away and stuff and it gets complicated racing and the money side of it and everything so with occupational therapy um it, I like the job even more than physical therapy to begin with but also you know I could stay at home and everything so yeah I just got the news this morning I think that I it's not official yet but I think I got accepted so I guess we'll see <laughs> okay at what university I applied to University of Montreal and McGill so I received the news from Montreal, University of Montreal this morning. I'm still waiting for the one from McGill. But honestly, I don't know which one I'll choose if I get accepted into both. It's a tough decision. So I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, well, Ev, let's, um, well, well, just another question here too. Uh, obviously, um, big changes on some of your sponsors in the past and everything yeah. going forward. What, uh, what does your situation look like this year? Who, who's behind you here? Uh, so obviously what's, we're still with KTM Canada, so that's the biggest one. Um, we also uh, switched gears and everything and we went with FXR this year. Andy has been a friend of my dad for so long. So, you know, he's been asking us for years like, oh, when are you going to come with FXR and stuff? And, you know, we couldn't because we had a commitment to Motorvan. And then this, everything kind of fell through this winter and we decided to go through with, with the FXR. So um, we're really excited about it. I love the helmets. I love the gear. Um, as far as, um, otherwise, we're keeping like most of our same sponsors, uh, FMF and, you know, um, um, you know, Twice Production and uh, FMF, Dunlop, Oakley and all those guys, you know, they're, they're still all the same. But yeah, I guess the biggest one would be um, the switch with FXR and, you know, we couldn't be more excited. I love the gear. I love the clothes and everything. Um, we're still, you know, we're still in touch with Motorvan. Uh, we're, you know, we might find a deal somewhere down the road or something, but it's just, um, it's just not the main focus anymore. Okay. All right, Ev. Well, um, why don't we uh, end it there? Um, man, I appreciate you taking the time here. Is there anything else you want to mention here? I always give the people in case I've forgotten something or anything else going on that we should know about. I don't think so. You know, that's that's pretty much it. I, there's not much going on in the world right now in general because everything's on pause. So I, I don't think so. But, you know, um, yeah, it's been nice chatting and I'm glad we got to catch up and I got to talk a little bit to everyone. All right. Hey, uh, so just to clarify for Jeremy Mackay, you're single? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I Jeremy, Melanie, I'm Melanie. coming for you. <laughs> I hear Melanie laughing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, she's gonna come say hi okay let's get her to say hello before we sign off hey how are you she's my mom for the week there we go mom We're for the charred. week you're cracking the whip getting her training oh yeah yeah she's gonna be ready yeah <laughs> for sure all right guys well uh let's uh oh boy Let's, uh, let's get back to what you're doing. I guess uh, cleaning, that's all anybody does these days. Yeah. Stuff. So, uh, yeah. but Ev, uh, thank you very much. Say hi to your parents for me. And uh, all right. I always feel Thanks, like- Thanks really for having me. I always feel like Mark Wahlberg when I say that, because he's famous say, hey, say hey to your parents. But I always- <laughs> Yeah. But uh, hey, thank you yeah. very much. And uh, hey, I'll uh, all right, talk to you soon. Thank you, have a good day. Okay, bye-bye.